the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Get it on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Hello! Welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name is Mark Isles. And I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is a show that guarantees a high-speed link to this week's Wondrous Headlines, however many bins you've got. And on the show this week, Coach Life, Sam Hurd leaves Bolton. Who's next? Winning ugly, six points in the bag. Does it matter how they got them? John by Jovi, is Bod Farson being overlooked? And can you hear me, mother? Do Wanderers need a new tannoy? All on the podcast that guarantees that you won't want to replay. Lee. Interesting. Very interesting. Oh! Look at his face! Just look at his face! Hello! Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 192, the Directory Inquiries of Bolton Wanderers News. Um, a little advert just to see us off as normal, um, and an introduction to Wanderers Boost. Every week, we get thousands of people tuning into the show, and let's face it, the majority of them are probably from close to Bolton or the northwest at the very most. But we do have a lot of listeners national listeners for example last week last last week's episode we had uh, people from taiwan south africa norway japan new zealand uh, the united arab emirates qatar canada india australia there's loads loads and loads of different countries bolton wanderers are massive the buff is massive everywhere we go honestly um, but if you want to get your business recognized by both the local community and indeed a worldwide audience then why not get in touch with our advertising department because you can put your brand out there on a match by match basis with our brand new advertising feature your business can be advertised around the bolton news most read bolton wanderers articles that's your match report the post-match interviews with the managers player ratings and also you can get adverts read out on this very podcast as well thanks to the businesses that have already been in touch there's been quite a few of them in a nice bit of interest but if you want to find out more then email john.ashley at localiq.co.uk and ask about wanderers boost now i'll spell that out john ashley j-o-h-n dot a-s-h-l-e-y and i'll spell out local iq L-O-C-A-L-I-Q okay. uh, The email address is also included in the podcast notes So give your business a Wanderer's Boost Right, now it's time to introduce my co-host on the podcast uh, But he's not the man that you're expecting uh, Henry Hewitt's wife Poppy In an incredible act of unprecedented selfishness has decided to go into labour, and it jeopardised the smooth running of this podcast. Now, I want listeners of The Buff to know that an investigation has now been launched and that disciplinary action will definitely be taken. But in the meantime, Henry's substitute. No, no, Henry's finisher. It's Derek Clark. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, great to be on my, my favourite podcast as ever. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that's a valid excuse for, for Henry 
uh, to be calling off this week, Mark. Uh, you're quite right, an investigation has to be carried out. Um, he's not having the baby, as Roy Keane famously said. <laughs> well, we hope <laughs> not. We hope not. Um, no, best of luck to Mrs. Hewitt. I hope uh, I hope everything goes well. Um, I'm sure all the Buff listeners will be uh, be sending lots and lots and lots of tweets. Henry's way, he loves that sort of thing. Absolutely mm. loves it. Um, right. It, well, you've certainly picked a decent week, mate. It's been it's been a, a double winning week. It's been quite a decent uh, a decent fun week to watch, hasn't it? it certainly has, and uh, Ian will be delighted, of course. Remember, we, we spoke to him after the the EFL Trophy game, and he was. Uh, not dreading the next two games, but he said it would be uh, tough um, because of the, the injuries and the suspensions and what have you. So to come away with six points, maximum points, is uh, a fantastic uh, week, and a, week and a half, hasn't it? Um, tough venue to go to Port Vale. The record, uh, you told me, is absolutely fantastic. And, uh, and in the game in, in midweek against Stevenage, who Steve Evans has got them well drilled. They play some good stuff. I really enjoyed his post-match interview, I've got to say. Uh, but yeah, it was a, a proper, uh, resolute back to the wall at times uh, performance, much like Saturday. But uh, yeah, uh, the, the manager will be absolutely delighted with two wins uh, and looking forward to Saturday night. Yeah, most of Bolton, like I must admit, like you say, the the, the Stevenage game was always going to be that because yeah. Steve Evans has his team playing a certain type of way. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. They they make it. Oh, I, I was I was going to use a phrase that probably would end up getting bleeped out, so let's not do it. Let's just say that they're a particular type of house that yeah. you would do a particular type of thing in. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a team that rub you up the wrong way. You know, they're playing for fouls, playing for set pieces. Um, it was an ugly game, very, very ugly game. Second half with Port Vale, very similar, actually. It, just, mm. it turned into an ugly game. So Bolton, in both instances of, of one games without playing the sort of football bar in the first half against Port Vale, but without playing the sort of football you probably recognise from him, really. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was bizarre in, in a way. The first half at Port Vale, I thought that was the most dominant. They've been certainly away from home this season. Uh, they were all over Port Vale, perhaps could have scored uh, one or two more. Uh, and then I don't know if it was just uh, running out of steam in the second half of Port Vale with a, a rock up their backsides at half-time. They came out and, and took the game. It was pretty much role reversal, wasn't it? But mm. um, that, that'll be pleasing to win games in, in that manner, um, to, to be resolute, especially at a, a back three uh, or a back four, if you include the goalkeeper. Um, it's uh, much changed from what's considered to be the first choice back three, if you like. Uh, no recall there, of course. Gethin Jones has been out suspended. Uh, Josh Johnson's been out for the whole season. So... Uh, I think uh, on toll, Will Forrester, I think, deserves that a lot of credit as well. And, and Jack Ardell, who we spoke to on uh, Tuesday night, has uh, certainly stepped up to the plate. Um, so that, that's, that'll be pleasing. And uh, yeah, it's just that's one thing that was levelled. I think Ian Everett's teams, when, when he first came in, was can they see out these games? Do they have enough character and resolve to uh, weather storms? Uh, and they certainly have proved that to be the case in the last uh, few weeks, that's for sure. Yeah, you often talk about soft centres with teams that, you know, can get ruffled. And I think Bolton, you know, their possession style can get ruffled. Teams know that's probably the way you beat Bolton, but it doesn't mean it has to be the case. And I think that this last couple of games show that maybe they've got a bit more resilience than we gave them credit for there. And, and uh, certainly Will Forrester coming in, been absolutely magnificent. I think he was great at Port Vale. I thought Owen Toll was probably the man of the match there. 
Uh, mm. I'll talk to you about Jack Iredale, though, because he's, he's one of these guys that doesn't necessarily get a lot of headlines, really. And I think he has had a little bit of a bit of an up and down season since he came back from injury. And, pe- you know, that was a long term injury as well. So coming back yeah. into the team and having to play regularly was never going to be easy. But uh, Tuesday night against Stevenage. Wow. There was a bit of everything, wasn't there? <laughs> there certainly was. Uh, first of all, it, to win the penalty was uh, good. It was a training ground routine. I've got to say yeah. the corners, the set pieces, you can tell they've been working on them in, in the training ground. A lot of invention with them. So uh, hats off to that. Um, then, then he gets booked. Uh, a silly booking. Never deserved to get booked, I don't think. It was six yeah. of one and half, half a dozen of the other. Uh, I was worried at that point. I was walking on a tightrope that it, it just takes one uh perhaps missed time challenge and, and he's heading up the tunnel but thankfully uh, that never materialized his finish for for the second goal was an absolute beauty wasn't it i mean it was just a dion charles-esque finish he'd have been happy with that cam uh, volley in, into the back of the net so that was a, a great goal and then of course his pass for sheen was perfectly weighted wasn't it and, and, and sheen i mean his finish from sheen was was fantastic as well the control but uh, it was interesting speaking to him afterwards, wasn't it? When they, they say they, they talk a lot about the NFL, him, him and Joshin, big fans of the, the NFL. So uh, that was something was like a quarterback pass, pinpoint accuracy. So uh, I think well deserved man of the match award the other night. And uh, yeah, like you, I think of course he, when he first came in, wasn't he? he was a left wing back. We all thought he would be yeah. playing over there on, on left wing. So he, he's been moved into that that back three with George's injury, and I, I think in the main he's been a solid performer. He's one of those sort of six, seven out of ten performance and, and you don't really need to worry about them too much so um, I've been pretty pleased with them so far Yeah, I think if uh, Josh Gian and Jack Iredale were to play in the NFL I know which one would last longer <laughs> You know, all credit to, to Josh Gian he, he, <laughs> yes. he's no running back, let's put it that way No, no, not it's, half it's not, You probably wouldn't be able to find a helmet to fit him um, <laughs> But no, I mean I like I like Jack Iredale um, You know, he's he's been a, a good person to to work with and deal with uh, since he since he came to the club, he's got a cracking backstory and and I think he's I think he's progressed. It hasn't been easy for him this season, as you say, kind of having come in and, and concentrated on working as a as a wing back. He's had to kind of revert back to playing left side of the three after Johnson's injury, um, and and almost play through his recovery a bit because mm. with Josh Ian last season when he came back from that knee injury, it took him three or four months to get back to to the. The, you know, the, the form that we know we're now seeing his best form in a bowling shirt, really. But um, I think with Jack, he's had to play through the pain a bit. All the little kind of sub injuries you get when you're on, you come back from recovery, the little niggles and such like he's probably had to brush them under the carpet a little bit by the sounds mm-hmm. of things. So, uh, no, I, I think he's doing well. I, you know, yes, he's had a bit of flack from the fans, but name me a player on the Bolton team that hasn't. Um, name me anybody that has anything to yeah. do with Bolton Wanderers that hasn't had flack except you, Derek. Except, yeah. except no. St. Derek Clark. I, I, I get it as well. There's no doubt that the most, I, I, I'll get flack out there as well. Everyone gets flack. <laughs> although although uh, fans were singing uh, your name, uh, Port Vale, Mark, which was, uh, which was yeah. a sight to behold. Yeah, I couldn't hear the end of it. It's, it's, it says <laughs> there's only one Mark Hiles, muffle, 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 something, 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 <laughs> thank Christ. I can't remember what it was. I couldn't quite <laughs> think out, but I chose only to hear the first bit. Thank yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing I will say, we've been, we've, we've been talking a lot about substitutes on this podcast and, and the impact of substitutes. Now, when we get when we when we talk about impact substitutes, did we mean Cameron Jerome on Tuesday night? Was that the wrong type of impact? 
yeah. I was I was concerned. I've got to admit, when he comes on, gives away a free kick, and then from the resultant free kick, he gives away a penalty. Uh, he must have uh, been delighted when Josh Sheen scored that that third goal because, uh, uh, yeah, listen, it was it was unfortunate. I think and. The manager said that afterwards, uh, looking at the replays, I don't think he knows where uh, Pierre Gianni is, to be, to be honest with you. I think Steve Evans uh, was uh, a tad harsh saying he should have been shown a red card. Uh, I don't think it was a red card offence. It was just an accidental collision. I can see why the referee's given the penalty. But uh, yeah, I'm sure that, that, that when Cam came on, that was not his intention. Um, so, he snotted yeah. him. He snotted him. That was a that was a hell of a. I don't think he got to, got to see that the mark across his nose, but it's, it was it was like Adam and the ants. He, uh, he he nearly nearly took his nose right clean off. Yeah, well, he was off for ages, wasn't he? Getting attention, yeah. and and then it came to a point where they just uh, nipped it in the bud to, to need to make a substitute here because it's uh, uh, it's taking too long to patch uh, patch him up. But uh, yeah, it was a, a proper a proper sore one, um, but. Hey, all's well, it ends well, as they say, and, and Cam will be absolutely delighted that uh, he wasn't because uh, the fall guy uh, from that, which would have been unfortunate. But uh, yeah, it was uh, a right sore one for uh, Pierre Gianni uh, on the, the, old, uh, old, the old the last old one, fun. the last one on um, on on what are your brethren, <laughs> Mr. Evans, Steve Evans? Yeah. Now, I mean, some of his post-match comments were were interesting. I think he's got a tremendous amount of respect for Bolton. I think he's he's underlined that, and he, he said, "Oh, you know, he, he thinks he's gonna he thinks they're gonna get promoted. He thinks he's gonna go up as champions." I think he said by the end of it. Um, in between saying you should have had should have been reduced to eight men, and he had some type of rant about the ball boys and ball girls. I don't know yeah, what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're away for Coco or something like that. He was yeah. saying that. Uh, I have no idea. It was a roller coaster ride of a, a, a press conference. You've, you've got to say. I loved the bit where he was saying that. I don't want to talk about getting in trouble with referees. Horrendous. Not what they speak his mind. They wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I do like listening to Steve Evans, though. You're right. He was very complimentary of uh, of Bolton Wanderers. Did say they would go up as champions. Uh, which is a fair comment. I know you noticed he said that prior to the game. I don't know if that was that wee bit of mind games, perhaps. But listen, it's going to be a difficult game down there when Bolton go down. I was impressed by Stephen. I just don't think anyone would envisage that being a big game at the start of the season. Stephen is coming to uh, the tough sheet. But uh, yeah, he's, he's an entertaining character, Steve. I liked it. Somebody posted a little video on, uh, on Twitter yesterday of him and his, his assistant. Uh, just gyrating what substitutes brought on it was uh, quite comical so uh, yeah he's a, he's a he's a he's a lively character it's fair to say yeah Paul Rayner is his assistant I, I've, I've seen him seen him a few times down the years good grief he's up and down like a jack-in-the-box uh yeah. yeah it'd be uh be interesting down there I remember the last time we went down there and, and you Oof. were with us do you remember being locked? Locked. It was in during COVID times and we I think we we're only allowed in at about five to three or something stupid well it was crazy well, they weren't going to let me in. Apparently, I wasn't on the, the all-important list, uh, and I was trying to say to them, "You know, I need I need to come in here because we're the the bold one, we're the, the TV uh, channel, and 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 they were they were adamant I wasn't getting let in. But unfortunately, I pulled a few strings and uh, and we got in in the end. But uh, yeah, it was touch and go at the time. Uh, yeah, not not a place that I remember well from uh, our last visit, Mark. Uh, I don't know when we're going to go be going down there again later on in the season perhaps but uh, yeah, yeah. all I remember is it's got about 600 roundabouts heading into Stevenage uh, and then let's hope this time I'm on the list 
Yeah, I remember going in there and bringing my own desk. I yeah. brought my own desk <laughs> in the boot of the car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little, you know, like the ones where you, you do an exam and it just kind of folds over the side of your chair. I brought one of those yeah. in. <laughs> Went went to the little Tesco's around the corner and bought myself a nice uh, extension lead. It was it was all mod cons really. It was nice. Yeah. Shiatsu massage chair for myself as well. It was, uh, it was those were nice the days. Yeah. Those were the days. COVID COVID reporting was great. COVID reporting <laughs> was great. <laughs> <laughs> and all the trains were empty as well on the way down. It was fantastic. But anyway, yeah. I digress. Right. Okay. Well, with no Henry to pick out headlines this week, I had to bloody do it myself. <laughs> News. Right. Okay. Some headlines. Uh, I've, I've picked out. How many have I picked out? Five. I'm not. I'm not going to be as thorough as Henry. I've got to be completely honest here. Um, and uh, and I might have only picked the ones that I wrote because I didn't want to read Dan's stuff. But um, either way, um, we will start with. We'll start with a uh, obviously the biggest one of the week and um and and a story that certainly. Uh, certainly will have affected a lot of people, and that's the, the great Francis Lee passing away at the age of 79 after a, a battle with cancer. Um, obviously, you know, he made a, a huge impact on Bolton Wanderers after coming through as a, as a very young player. Slightly controversial exit. I think those people that were around at the time will tell you that uh, that, that left a bit of a bad taste in the mouth, particularly as he went on to a lot of success with, with Manchester City and Derby County. But I think in later years... All those things fade, don't they? And you look back at the the, the service he, he had for Bolton Wanderers. And I thought, barring the, the barring the microphone problems, which we'll talk about in a bit, but I thought the the, the tribute before the game was very well executed by the club. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, I was uh, interested in learning more about him because I, I, I do remember him from, from his Man City days. Not so much that his Bolton days, but but reading uh, a fair bit of him uh, on the website and, and the programme notes as well was uh, it was uh, really good to, to, to read about him. And uh, I mean, his goal scoring record at Bolton was incredible, wasn't it? It was the last goal every other game, um, which was quite something. Um, brought in as a 16 year old lad and uh, just born to score goals. Uh, great player, uh, great man as well. Did a lot of uh, charity work and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, think, I thought the tribute uh, on Tuesday night was uh, fantastic both from both fans as well. The small number of Stevenage fans that came down. Uh, that came up, sorry, um, paying tribute as well. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, a nice touch. Uh, and it's a sad loss, of course. What a player he was in his day. Absolutely. I mean, I think we've all seen the the, the clips and, and the the memorable uh, goal he scored for Derby against City. That Just look at his face, the Barry Davis commentary, which was, yeah. was one of my very favourites because it was it was included in uh, the fantasy football montage, the yeah. start of fantasy football, so I'll always mm. remember that one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and the, and the brawl with Norman Hunter. Oh, you, you don't get fights like that anymore. And, it's, and it, I think football's yeah. worse for it. Absolutely, bring that back. That is one thing that you miss. That and uh, Pitchy's been like uh, cowfields. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes his scoring record all the better when you think about it. I mean, he was netting goals on absolute puddings of pitches. Yeah. And you look at Burden Park back in the day. I, I, I was trawling YouTube last night trying to find pic, uh, bits of him playing for Bolton at Burden. Um, couldn't find too much, really, of him scoring goals, at least, anyway. Um, but his record was just sensational. And mm. he took on the mantle after Nat Lofthouse hung, hung his, his boots up, played very, very briefly with Nat. But uh, yeah. he was the main man for Bolton at a very, very tender age. Um, yeah. 
And then you could see kind of straight away he, he had a bit about him. He was a bit bit needly. And anybody will tell you I like a bit of needle in my strikers. I like them to have a bit mm. of an attitude. You know, Francis Lee was definitely that sort of person. So uh, rest in peace, Francis. And, and our thoughts are obviously with everybody, um, all his friends and family. Um, yes, a, a sad loss. Sad loss indeed. Um, we'll move on. Which uh, another loss for the club, really, in, in as much as uh, first team coach Sam Hurd has, has announced mm. that he is moving on. We were talking about this after the game on Saturday. I got um, a bit of information on Saturday that we put to Ian Everett, and, and Ian Everett kind of filled us in with the background at, uh, at the weekend. Now, Sam has picked up a job at the F uh, PFA, rather. Um, so he'll be moving on on Tuesday, I understand. So yeah, I mean, it's you were talking about set pieces earlier, Derek. I mean, Herdy has been largely responsible for set yeah. pieces and, and and how to improve them and, and looking at opposition weaknesses. Ergo, he'll be quite a big one to, to fill. Yeah, uh, I think he's done a, a grand job at uh, Bolton. I think he came in, was it the second, around about the second season under Ian Everett's tenure, I think he came in. Uh, and uh, he'll be a, a sad loss, there's no doubt about it. I can understand why. He's uh, departed as well, um, uh, and it'll be interesting to see who the manager looks to to replace him. I know he, he said that it doesn't may not necessarily be a friend of his, but just someone that's the, the best person, best candidate to do the job. Mm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who he brings in. Um, there hasn't any names that, that stand out just now for me, I've got to admit. But uh, yeah, wish Sam all the best. It's a, an interesting move. He has been linked with a, a number of jobs down the down the recent seasons, hasn't he? I think uh, yeah. York City comes to mind. I'm not too sure if there's any, any truth in that, but uh, there's a couple of clubs I'm sure that were sniffing about and very highly rated. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's it's not one you, you normally hear of moving to the to the PFA, but um, yeah, I wish him all the best in his uh, new role. Yeah, yeah. He's a very intelligent lad. I, to be honest with you, we've not done a great deal with him. Obviously, you know, mm. you, you see them as, as you're kind of hanging about the club and, and talk to, to backroom staff. But I don't think he's ever really put himself forward for, for much press work anyway. But I know, yeah. having spoken to him in the past, he was one of the one of the people who was recommended to me when uh, Ian Everett was first linked with the job. And you, you do your little rounds, don't you, to talk to people that might know him. Mm. And he was like, well, if you want to know about Ian Everett, speak to Sam Hurd because he's he's played for him, played alongside him and all sorts. So um, he, he came up with some fantastic stuff on Ian Everett early in the day. So they've obviously got a long-standing relationship. And I think that that is going to be the thing that is is most difficult to replace. It's the dynamic. It's, yeah. it's you know, the assistant manager is always a very important position, but all your coaching staff have to fill a kind of role. And the biggest one I can point to in that one, I think, was when Neil Lennon was here at Bolton. And you had Johan Mialbi there at one stage, uh, who was very much the settling influence on Neil Lennon and uh, and Gary Parker and, and the rest of his, his backroom staff. Now, yeah. when Mialbi left, things did not necessarily improve i would say i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna go to town on on neil lennon especially with you derek because i can see you rubbing your hands here um but it's, it's sometimes it's a delicate ecosystem a backroom yeah. so i think it's a very important one they've got a process to do they will look at all the available options um so it's, it's very much about character isn't it yeah absolutely it has to be someone the manager gets on with first and foremost um it has to be good at his job that as well and uh yeah, like I say, it'll be. Uh, I'm not too sure what candidates are out there who who'll 
uh, firstly be, be looking for a job if, if maybe they're in a job already perhaps I'm not entirely mm. sure but uh, yeah it has to be someone that, that can work with uh, the manager and Pete Atherton of course Matt Jilks who's there as well and just fits in seamlessly so it may be someone that he's worked with before uh, maybe uh, someone that he's uh, played with who knows uh, I'm sure he's well uh, connected in the game but uh, it's one I think like you say with set pieces um, it's something that I know you never when you first came in it wasn't something that was uh, uh, too happy about uh, spending a lot of time on it yeah so Sam had <laughs> certainly helped with regards to that uh, but uh, yeah it'll be intriguing to see who who comes in um, do you think it's something that will be done soon or is, is it one that, that might they might just wait to just get the right candidate in I think to be honest with you they're, they're planning the short term um, is to is to probably promote Matt Craddock from the B team to, yeah. to sit in whilst the process is going. Mm. Um, I, I understand that Sam leaves on Tuesday, so they're going to have to do something in the interim, just in terms of looking after the lads on the training ground yeah. and probably preparing for Northampton as well. Uh, but there is a process, as with any job, you know, it's it comes down to to applicants and and availability, and and maybe if if somebody is in a club somewhere else, you have to serve out a notice. So yeah. they're going to have to have that kind of backup in place. I think Craddock could be that man, um, although that's not being confirmed yet by the club. But I think mm. probably because they've got that coaching set up at the B team, they'll they'll be able to borrow Makes and sense. Uh, and and just just see themselves through there. But yeah, it be it will be really interesting and. Uh, you know, it should make a decent tale when it tale when it happens. I think looking back at, at Sam Hurd's job, I think he's done a cracking job. He's been a stabilizing influence. He's brought a lot of discipline, um, particularly defensively. I think he's he's done yeah. a really decent job. So, um, yeah, best of luck to Sam. Uh, we'll move on on to another headline, and um, it's that time of the month again um, that uh, we we have international call ups. Sheehan, Toll, Charles. Um, Owen Beck called up for Wales, by the way. What do you make of that, Derek? Yeah, good on him. Uh, didn't quite work out at Bolton, of course, but there's certainly a player there, I think. Uh, yeah, all the best to him. Um, good to see Josh. Yeah. Up, so up your neck of the woods. I hope yeah, alongside, uh, alongside Amadou Bakayoko up there. Is that uh, right? Good grief. Yeah, he's up, yeah. scored other week there, I'm sure. Um, can't remember who against, but yeah, he's... Uh, He's tearing it up up there at Dens Park, Mark. <laughs> the only thing I remember about Dens Park is uh, is those bloody hills on the way up there. It's, uh, it's yeah. an absolute nightmarish walk up from the town uh, to yeah, the two football grounds at the top of that bloody hill. That was horrible. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the middle of the summer for a pre-season friendly. <laughs> I do with a couple of them walks now. But I, yeah, I mean, international break's interesting nowadays because a bolt went through a time where there was no international breaks and the They'd play games and it would just carry on regardless. But they're now obviously at the, the, the point of their development where players are getting called up. So international breaks now become a case of crossing your fingers and just hoping there's no no knocks. Mm. Because, frankly, I think if you look at those three, Sheehan told Charles if one or any of them picked up a knock that meant they couldn't play against Northampton, it would be a very serious setback. Yeah, it certainly would be. Um, I, I like that they're getting called up, though. I've got, I've got to admit, it shows that. I mean, I think the manager said this before. It shows the progression of, of the club that they've now got international players. Uh, Sheen certainly deserves it. I know he was called up in, in the last squad as well, but 
Um, he's been absolutely sensational in the last uh, few games. Um, so it'd be good to see him pulling on the red of Wales again. Uh, the, the two Irish lads as well, I think, totally deserving of their call-ups. Uh, Dion's in uh, that, that run of form at the moment. That he's just uh, he's a confidence player, as we all know he is, but um, he just feels like scoring every every time he walks on that pitch, which is which is good to see. And uh, I'm sure uh, he'll do Northern Ireland uh, proud again. And on toll, I'm not sure if it's unplayed for for Northern Ireland yet. Uh, he's been in the squad, no. hasn't he? But he's, he's he's yet to pull on the, the jersey. But uh, yeah, I thought he was good again the, the other night. Um, he, it's, Always a good talker as well when we spoke to him after after Port Vale. Always enjoy listening to him. So, uh, yeah, best of luck to to the both of them. Uh, I'm just thinking, is there any other players that could potentially maybe in, in the future get? I know Jack Iredale is one that maybe a bit of noise that he could perhaps be called up by Australia. I think that would be deserved, I've got to say. But, um, yeah, any others? Yeah, I think Jack, Jack Iredale is the one that I'm keeping an eye on, to be honest. The weird thing about Jack Iredale is that he could... He could play for Australia or New Zealand, mm. and New Australia play against New Zealand in a, uh, next week. They're playing at Brentford, so I just wonder because it's in the UK. I just wonder, yeah. you know, which team is he going to play for? <laughs> you know, he, he could he could very easily just say, "Right, I'm going to turn up at Griffin Park or not <laughs> Griffin Park anymore. It's the Brentford Community Stadium." Sorry, just turn up there and, and basically just sit there, and and the highest bidder wins. That that could be a yeah. great bit of television. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised there. Listen, he's, he, I think he, he deserves a call up, so uh, it should be up to him whether to what country to choose. Can, can he not play for Scotland as well? As, uh, as he, he has got a bit of Scottish heritage, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he's, he's he probably got a bit of Scottish heritage, but really, what's the point? Is there, is there any point? Is there any point, really? I mean, he's, he's, I, I, I've heard that he'd rather play for the Faroe Islands, to be honest, but um, I don't know. I don't know. He has actually. He was born in Morton, wasn't he? Was it? Isn't that right? Yeah, Greenock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure. So, uh, yeah. yes. Uh, listen, Lyndon Dykes, Aussie plays for plays for Scotland. So, who, who I've seen stranger things happen, but uh, yeah, I think he certainly deserves a call up. Whether that be Australia, New Zealand, Scotland, or whoever, uh, I think he, he's formed certainly deserves a a mention uh, on the international front. But um, yeah, good to see that that lads getting called up again, and I wish them all the best. Yeah, we're going to finish the headline section with the week's biggest news without question. Emil Heskey has tipped Bolton Wanderers for the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> and it was, it was a where were you when moment when I read that one. Uh, got the press release through that Emil had had his say on Bolton. He says he's been very impressed with uh, the way that Wanderers have started, but he thinks that it's only going to be the playoffs for them. I'm going to put that to you, Derek. Do you, do you think it's playoffs or nothing for Bolton? Well, who did Emil say is going to automatically? Did, did he mention any teams at all? Or Unfortunately, pretty... the uh, sports data company who provided the uh, quotes on behalf of Emil Heskey <laughs> refrained to give us much more than that. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> he mentioned several other teams who have all got their little portion of quotes as well. I, I despair of these press releases. I really do. I love yeah. Emil to bits. He's a really nice guy. Um, and I dare say he does watch a little bit of Bolton and, and wishes them well. But uh, yes, I, I had to giggle when that story came up. Yeah. Um, I, I, would you think the playoffs would be a disappointment to Bolton if if it were you know if they were to finish third to sixth? Would that be a, a, a failure in any way? Only if they only if they don't go to Wembley and go up. But I think mm. on the face of it, yes, the manager did. I think when we spoke to him after. 
the playoff defeat at, at Oakwell last season. He did say it was um, they were going for automatic promotion next season. I think that that is what the club want, uh, get back into the championship without having to negotiate the playoffs. So I would say yes, uh, I think they're more than capable of getting the top two this season. Um, I think uh, they've got a squad, a very good squad, the best squad they've had since uh, he never arrived at, at the club. And um, yeah, there have been a few bumps in the road and there will be from here on in. Uh, but I think uh, this is a squad that should be targeting top two. There's some in interesting teams up there though, Mark. There's a few mm. surprises up there. I mean, Stephen, as we touched on, Oxford are up there doing well. Uh, Portsmouth are obviously uh, doing well as well. But um, yeah, I think top two, I think that's a, a reasonable aim to be going for. I think last season was different. We were, we were just looking at progression from the season before it and targeting the playoffs. But this season, since the, the start of the season at Lincoln against Lincoln City, I think the, I think the aim and, and the supporters, the, the view is, let's get the top two. Yeah, definitely. I, don't, I think the table is just starting to take a bit of shape now. I, think, mm. you know, the, I don't think there's much over the international break that's going to change much, but you're starting to see people like Barnsley get into a bit of form. Derby are getting into a bit of form. Uh, Peterborough are up there as well. So I think it is starting to take shape. And I, and I think if you'd have listened to the uh, the Buffs podcast, uh, <laughs> the, the predictions podcast beforehand, I think we actually tipped Oxford and Pompey to do quite well. <laughs> yeah. Don't like to don't like to blow my own trumpet, but I'll but still early in the season. <laughs> no, I, what, what do you reckon? Who do you think, if you had to, to pick up, and I mean, we've not seen all the teams so far, so it's, it's difficult to judge, but who do you think's Bolton's biggest challenges? I've not seen much of Portsmouth, to be honest, so I can't really comment much, but I've been impressed with their start to the season. Yeah. I think, like you say, Derby, um, I know Paul Warren was under a bit of pressure at the start of the season, but I think they are sort of picking up that the, the, they're too good a squad not to be... Yeah. Uh, up there uh, or thereabouts uh, in Barnsley uh, a big fan of uh, Neil Collins uh, spoke to him when he was the manager at Tampa Bay Rowdies and, and he was a, a manager that, that thinks about the game in the right way and I quite like what he's doing there down, down at Oakwell so I think those teams will be round about the, the, the top uh, come the end of the season but I, I put Bolton sort of right up there I think that the squad of players that they've got uh, I think uh, they should be targeting, like I said, at the top two. Uh, I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of talk about League One maybe not being as strong as what it was last season, Mark. Do you, would you go along with that? Yeah, I think so. I, 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 certainly there's no budgets there. I, I, it, nothing that's getting anything close to Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich last season where, yeah. realistically, if, if they hadn't have been anywhere near in January, which they were, they could have just blown you out of the water and, and signed more players as well. Yeah. I mean, Plymouth did extremely well based on a budget that's not dissimilar to Bolton. I think it was slightly higher, but not not dissimilar to Bolton. Um, but certainly those two with the spending they'd done. It'd be interesting this season when the, when it comes out in the wash to see where Bolton's budget is pitched because I've I've heard very differing views on that and and certainly within the club, I don't think they're up the top. Um, it would be very interesting when if that's borne out by the figures. Um, but uh, by all accounts, Bolton not really necessarily pushing the uh, financial boat out and yet they are expected to be up there so uh yeah, yeah the, the story will out no doubt but yeah i, I think it's going to be it's going to be pretty tight i think this there's probably not going to be a runaway victor anywhere here so um yeah i'll, I'll uh i'll watch watch wait well we just sit there and write words let's face it but <laughs> you don't you you sit there and, and waffle and then you go home <laughs> 
that's pretty much the job spec for you. Waffle and go home. That's it, pretty much. Yeah, in a nutshell, you've uh, yeah, you've uh, yeah, spot on there. I think, but uh, yeah, I think it's been a good start to the season. Uh, in the main, I mean, like I said earlier on, having a, a couple of bumps in the road. Reading was disappointing. Yeah, uh, Wigan, we won't, we won't touch on. But that that that, that aside, I think it's it's been pretty good in the last two victories. Certainly, as we touched on, showed a character and a steeliness that you need if you're going to go up. Right, so we've had a few headlines. Um, now, a little shout-out for a feature that I'm trying to get going. So, this week, somebody uh, contacted me on Twitter and, and, and asked me about Mario Espatero. Blinking, you miss him. You, you, it barely made a dent on Bolton Wanderers, um, but he was a player that I remembered a little bit about because his agent, who was Willie Mackay, an infamous agent at the time, he... Um, he paid, basically paid for him to come to Bolton Wanderers. Um, only played two or three games. Like I say, if you can't remember him, you're not the only one. But it got me thinking, how many other players who have played for Bolton very briefly or maybe just come on trial or just come in for a bit of a warm? There's loads and loads and loads of them. They've all got interesting stories. So we're going to have a new feature. We're going to call it Who Are You? Okay, so I want your your nominations for this one. We're going to go through A to Z. So the first one we want to do, which I think will be next week, it may be the week after, but we want your nominations for A. Anybody with a surname beginning with A. Um, I've got a couple of nominations myself. Ron Atkinson, for example, he briefly had some time at Bolton. Michael Alonso, I remember him. Um, he was something to do with Chappie Alonso. I think it might have been, been his brother. But either way, that kind of thing. We want, we want nominations for the weird and the wonderful connections to Bolton Wanderers. We'll tell a couple of tales and try and make that a weekly thing. So if you want to get in touch, this is how to do it. So you want to bring something up on the buff. Email Mark and Henry on the buffmail at gmail.com. That's T H E B U F M A I L, all one word, at gmail.com. And sorry to the male escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. And talking about emails, is that the postman at the door? Is that Philip Moresh? Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you very much indeed. Um, right, so Henry's obviously away. We know that he's otherwise uh, indisposed. Uh, Derek's taken a little bit of a, a little bit of a break just to, uh, to to freshen himself up for the end of the show. So I'm doing emails on my own, um, and we've got a really good one actually that came to my main email address, not necessarily the buff address, but I think it does bring up a couple of really interesting points. So this is from Andrew. He said uh, I brought up the subject of. Um, the very poor tannoy system with the stadium team on a couple of occasions and highlighted the health and safety needs should there be a need to evacuate the stadium immediately. He said, I'm glad that you referred to it in your excellent blog um, on the Port Vale game. Um, and uh, the tannoy system is now 25 years old and badly needs a replacement. So all announcements by Phil Hayes can be heard. I'm sure all supporters would be grateful if you'd raise this with the club, establish a timeline for this important issue. Um, second part of the email. In addition, when I can't attend matches, I watch games on Wanderers TV, uh, wherever I am at the time. 
Sadly, I have to say the signal from the tough sheet leaves a lot to be desired. I've watched several games um, on the EFL on the iFollow hub and only Wanderers home games seem to be problematic. Have you had similar complaints and are the club dealing with it? That's from Andrew. So, two parts to that one. So, let's take the Tannoy system first. Totally agree with you, Andrew. We were at Port Vale on Saturday. The music was was great, actually. There was there was lots of weird and wonderful, very eclectic type of uh Type of mix. People who tune in on Match Day Live know that I like um, I like the weird and the wonderful music. I have to say, it's it's part of the the whole atmosphere. I, I do enjoy it. Um, I probably drive people mad. I did sign all the songs as well, but uh, I thought that the sound quality itself in the stand where I was sat, and it seems to be the case with all uh, with the away fans as well, was very very good. Particularly when they were playing Motorhead before the game, that was incredible. So I asked at the time, look. Why doesn't, why doesn't this guy knit down to uh, the Tough Sheet Stadium? Because if there's one uh, complaint, I think, that, that does get uh, recycled so often with the Bolton fans, it's that the sound quality isn't good. And that's not the guy's fault who does it, Phil, by the way. Uh, you know, he, he does a very decent job. Very decent guy as well. And uh, unfortunately, it's just probably the technology, as you mentioned there. The stadium is old in technological terms. And a lot of the gear that was installed and was brand new and fantastic back in the day is obviously now up for being replaced and a lot of the stuff is being replaced already by the the ownership it's a slow it's a slow process they have put money in but i think realistically that is something that does need to be done they've got all this lovely led stuff i thought the stevenage game was the first time that we really saw that coming to life um and the the francis lee tribute uh before the game was just slightly interfered with it. I thought the, the, the microphone uh, was was bubbly a little bit and it, it made it sound um, a little bit strange that the words weren't coming through for Phil, which was really a shame because it just took a tiny edge off what they were trying to do. It looked tremendous uh, with the mid-level ribbons now and, it, and it's starting to, to, to really have a, a, a great identity on a match day, but you really need that microphone to be working. So... Yes, I think it's something that we'll probably talk to the club about over the international break, see if there's any uh, plans in place um, or, or whether they can identify exactly what the problem is. Obviously, we know Wi-Fi has been an issue at the stadium. It's obviously something they've um, they've improved or tried to improve as part of this digital revamp, uh, but we'll find out exactly where they're up to with it. Second half of the email there is uh, Wanderers TV. Now, we've got Derek on, but I'm not going to throw him under the bus and game to explain it um i think there have been some some issues that i've heard it, it's not an area of that i have a great deal to do with obviously because i'm um working in a press box on the same day and you know my stuff is very much independent from from the clubs anyway but from what i understand the aig who are the firm that a lot of clubs use for streaming the actual technology have had a couple of occasions this season where there, there have been problems back there so it's not necessarily Bolton's fault when there are issues um, I dare say there have been some teething issues particularly in terms of when they've been trying to get the the wi-fi out it takes a large bandwidth um, to, to, to transmit all the tv uh, streaming so it They've had to do quite a lot of work with that. Hopefully that itself will, will settle down. Um, the other issue that, 
they have got this season, and obviously something that we all know about is that there's the new TV deal brewing um, that's going to kick in next season. And, and next season, Sky will have a lot more games. And it, it, it probably means that anything that the, the club do at the moment with Wanderers TV is only going to be fairly short term. They're not going to be able to necessarily repeat it next season. They're going to have to adapt it around the fact that there's going to be more live games, more games that they can't show. You know, They're going to have to have a different plan in place there. So I think that it, it is a little bit temporary, the, the view that they're taking on at the moment. So I think those people that have invested uh, the money in Wanderers TV, I'm interested to know what, what you think of the, the service and, and what's, what's coming through. Um, Again, you know, I gave the email address out there. Please uh, send in. Let let me know what you what you what you'd like out of it, and what um uh, and what you think of the service so far. But I think, in the club's defence, I think there have been issues more with the streaming company than there have been with uh, with the stadium itself so far. Um, and I'm sure they will uh, iron themselves out as time goes on. Right, that's that email sorted. Let's move on to some predictions. Pass us my crystal ball. What's happening next week? Prediction time. Yes, yes, yes. It's prediction time. Carlisle United will be at the tough sheet. Last one before the, the cavalry finally arrive for Bolt Wanderers. Can they pick themselves up again, Derek? I mean, Everett's called for them to, to do it. Well, they've done it ever since Gethin Jones got sent off against Peace, but really they've been, you know, maybe a little bit against the odds. Haven't quite looked at their best, but they're finding a way to get results. Do you back them against Carlisle? I've got, yes. Um, you look at that, the supporters that are going to be turning up on Saturday. You look where Carlisle are in the table. They've sort of struggled this season, haven't they? I mean, came up last season, did well to, to, to win the playoffs, but um, they found it tough going, it's fair to say. They'll be coming to. The tough sheet, I'd imagine they'll try and make life as difficult as possible. Um, so Bolton will have to try and open them up and try and find a way in behind. I think if Victor's back, that could be a, a big boost. Um, I'd imagine you'd go straight back in or, uh, or, or would, you, would you play Dan or or Jon, who I thought did well when he came on as a, a substitute in, in midweek. He's, he's got options, hasn't he? But uh, yeah, if, if he's... If he's uh, fit enough to start, I think I would start Vic alongside Dion up top uh, and I would fancy Bolton to get the job done. Uh, alone saying that, these are the games that, that, that might prove a little bit sticky with teams that, that come to the tough sheet and try and set their stall up just to not get beat. So, But I, I'd fancy their chances on, on Saturday, Mark. I think that uh, they'll have too much about on that big pitch. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I can only see one, one result and that's a home win. Home win. I think you're right. I think Carlisle, the, looking at the, the away performances, they have been quite defensive. They've they picked up five draws. And they've, they've yeah. only won once. They, they beat Shrewsbury. Um, so yeah. They have struggled. There's no doubt about that. But I think they've they've picked up some decent points. Um, so they're not, they're not easy to beat by any stretch of the imagination. One thing you touched on there, and I want to get, want to get back to that one. And um, on Lundaloo, for starters... He was great, I thought, on Saturday at Port Vale. I thought he did well. He linked the play pretty well, held the ball up well. I think you'd like to see a little bit more from him around the penalty box, that's for certain, in terms of like a bit of um, maybe a bit of attitude, a bit more belief, maybe that he's going to get on the score sheet. There were a couple of things that dropped to him that, that you'd like to see him snap up. Maybe that comes with confidence. Tuesday night was a very different game. 
And mm. if I'm honest, I, you know, I, I was half expecting him to get the hook at half time because it just was not happening for him at all. Did happen after 60 minutes in the end. With with Adebayo back, is that is that an obvious swap out for you? For me, yeah, if he's fit enough to start, I, I would play Vic up top. Um, I know what you said he was he was frustrated when he came off as well. Nothing really was coming off for him. Yeah. Uh, Port Vale, I thought he was good. Uh, but it, like you say, it was a different game for him. Uh, it was a, a bitty game. It was very scrappy at points. And no team was really accepting dominance uh, for, a, for a long period of time. So uh, he did struggle a little bit. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him start on the bench on on Saturday. It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, he got his two goals against uh, Man United under-21s, didn't he? And you're thinking he'll kick on from there. Uh, did well. Port Vale was, was a battling performance. So... Um, I wouldn't uh, have a go at him for not scoring in that one. But, uh, yeah, he certainly looks like he's just uh, just needs a little bit of confidence, a little confidence boost, I think, up top. Um, but, yeah, let's hope he, he can find it. I'm sure he's got a role to play at, at, on Saturday coming off the bench or what have you. But um, Dion's the main man in the fixed fit, then he plays alongside him for me. Yeah, and the other, the other big talking debate, really, from Tuesday night was the substitute. Now, we talked about Cameron Jerome's... Just, um, <laughs> impacts didn't necessarily go according to plan. I thought he did quite well to roll with it after that, and he he, he, he did, did yeah. as he normally does. And, and do you know what? I think he gets undue flat, Cameron Jerome, because I think he's done some decent work. Yes, he's not scored the goals, but I think he's done some decent work for the team. Um, Bob Varson came on very, very late on, and I think a lot of supporters have questioned why that wasn't the other way around, why Bob Varson's not getting the first shout off the bench, why Bob Varson might even have been pushed to the front of the pack instead of uh, a Lundlu. Do you think it's a fitness thing, potentially still feeling his way back from that injury last season, or is it something more deep-rooted than that? Well, I was going to say that. It may just be a fitness issue that... Um... He's just slowly but surely working his way back. You don't want him breaking down again, do you? He's, no. he's a top striker, there's no doubt about it. There's no denying his quality, but uh, there's no point at bringing him on, um, maybe starting the game and then, then breaking down further down the line Then he's out for two or three weeks again. So uh, perhaps it's just managing Jon. Uh, I thought, he, like I said earlier, I thought he was excellent when, when he came on. There was a, a period when uh, I think Baxter launched the ball to him and his touch was, was brilliant. just brought the team up the pitch a little bit, especially I think we were edging any stoppage time at that point. So, uh, yeah, I think he's got a part to play. Whether he starts or not, I think he's got a shout to start. Um, I, I think he'll be, he'll be wanting to start, but it's just whether his, uh, his body is up to it. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's got options to choose from. Like you say, on, on Jerome as well, I thought he'd, I mean, he took the ball into the corner a few times and uh, on Tuesday night and, and just uh, it needs some, some vital seconds. Yeah. So, so I think yeah. he has... He, he has uh, played his part, and you see him on the touchline when he's going through his warm-ups, just uh, uh, orchestrating it and telling people sort of what to do, especially in the strikers as well. So he certainly has a lot to offer, uh, Cameron Jerome, even though he hasn't found the back of the net yet. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Like I say, I think Vic will get the shout if he's fit. Uh, but Jon, if he isn't fit, then I think uh, Jon has a, a fair case to... Uh, ask why he should he should be starting the match, but again, it's dependent on fitness whether he's whether he can do so. I might well pose that question to Ian Everett and then just lace it in seamlessly post edit. Who knows? Um, I've, got, <laughs> uh, I've got that particular press conference. This is early in the morning, by the way. I should actually just lift the lift the curtain for people that are listening on the bot this week because mm -hmm. uh, Derek has stepped into the breach very very late on. 
not only that, but we're having our first ever video buff conference here. And uh, I can only say, if, if I'm not sure whether any video will ever actually reach the light of day, but the the difference in the backgrounds. Now, I I am in my office, which looks like Stalak 13, um, with the with the you know the the light grey background, which brings out my uh, my facial features. Um, Whereas Derek is 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 basically sitting in a Laura Ashley, I think it's incredible. It's some beautiful artwork. You're earning too much, mate. <laughs> That's nice of you to say. So I do other YouTube work uh, as well, and someone commented uh, once saying, "Is it just me, or does it does Derek look like he's sitting in his grand's front room?" So uh, a Laura Ashley showroom sounds a lot better than than that. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, this is the the, the front room. Uh, so yeah, a little bit more uh, colour than, than your background, Mark. I'm oh, sorry, I look like I'm on the uh, the aha video for Take On Me. It's basically <laughs> <laughs> girls can reach in and grab me in a minute. I, I, there's there's literally zero colour around. Me. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. I may I may I'll may do a still. Who knows? But um, yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Thank you very much, Derek, for for bailing this out this week. Um, I would also like some uh, some um, ideas. Sorry, I'm just going to be interrupted by Alexa. A reminder that we Yeah, yeah, it was probably a Morton Hackett's just called. He says, you're not allowed to mention a how without some royalties being uh, poured my way, I'm afraid. Um, yes, no, it was uh, Alexa to remind me that the window cleaner is going to be here very soon. So uh, that's nice. Sensational. Yeah. You don't get this on the Guardian Football podcast. No, that's, people are missing out this level of analysis um right well i mean that is literally all we've got time for uh this week um please do join in again next friday where we may or may not have henry henry may or may not be replaced again by Derek clark this time from an ikea um just down the road from you you i'm sure you can nip in and uh, give us another backdrop um, which is quite nice. <laughs> um i've actually been been asked as well by our our head honchos please to remind people, please leave a review because it has something to do with algorithms. I don't know what. But... Mm. It's all about the algorithm these days, isn't it? But uh, no idea what it is, but uh, it's important, I hear. Yeah. Leave us a good review. Leave Derek a good review. He needs it. He needs it. He's all about the confidence, Derek. All about the confidence. <laughs> <laughs> right. Episode 192 is in the can. That guy has been Derek Clark. Hello and goodbye. And I've been Mark Isles. That was seamless. Good luck, Mrs. Hewitt. <laughs>